The Daily Hammer, your daily news source on the 2021 World Series champion Atlanta Braves from the Talking Chop Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope each of you, wherever you are and wherever you are listening, are having a marvelous start to your Monday. You, of course, can find the Daily Hammer, the Talking Chop Podcast, and the Road to Atlanta Podcast all at TalkingChop.com as well as at Talking Chop across all forms of social media. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And actually, there's not really much to report in terms of the Braves, and that seems a bit odd with how crazy of a day it was for action across Major League Baseball on Sunday. If we go back 10 days, basically to, you know, we'll go back to the start of Thanksgiving week. It was widely anticipated across baseball that once the calendar hit, the end of November and December 1st arrived, the current collective bargaining agreement expired and a potential lockout was likely to start, that there was going to be plenty of action around Major League Baseball with teams making plenty of transactions to get as much certainty about their rosters as possible. And we saw some action pick up over the weekend after Thanksgiving, but I think hardly anyone, if anyone at all, really could have predicted the level of activity that we saw on Sunday, especially with some of the names that were involved. You know, for me personally, I love the winter meetings. On the baseball calendar, it's one of the highlights of the year across Major League Baseball. Seeing in a in a span of just a few days, so many big moves impacting the futures of so many teams occur. And a byproduct of a potential lockout this year was that we would not get to experience that. Well, on Sunday, and with the deadline, or with the lockout looming potentially for Wednesday, we basically got an impromptu, unofficial winter meetings, and it was a lot of fun to see. Some of the bigger transactions that occurred were from just a few teams, but the busiest team of all was the Texas Rangers. They agreed to a deal with veteran outfielder Cole Calhoun. They strengthened their rotation by signing John Gray, formerly of the Rockies, to a four-year, $56 million deal. And perhaps the biggest move of the day, at least in terms of dollars committed, was the Rangers signing slugger Marcus Simeon, a, a hitter who had been one of the better hitters in the American League over the past two years. Last year, did not get the long-term deal he was seeking, but this time around, a seven-year, $175 million deal for Marcus Simeon from the Rangers to be the man in the middle of their lineup. A few other big deals that occurred were one unexpected one was the fact that Byron Buxton, who was entering the last year of arbitration on his end, he agreed to a seven-year, $100 million extension with the Minnesota Twins. And the Toronto Blue Jays also made another move to strengthen their rotation. Earlier this offseason, they had agreed to a seven-year, $131 million deal with Jose Barrios. Well, yesterday, they signed Kevin Gosman, formerly of the Giants, to a five-year, $110 million deal to give them one of the best rotations in the American League moving forward. But while there were plenty of big moves, including Corey, veteran um, starter and former Cy Young winner Corey Kluber agreeing to a one-year $8 million prove-it type deal with the Rays. A few other teams that made headlines yesterday were some NL East teams, and that includes the Marlins and the Mets. The Marlins, they made official, it is now reported to be done, a five-year 
$56 million extension with Sandy Alcantara, one of the best young pitchers in the National League over the past two years, will be in a Marlins uniform for the foreseeable future as a big part of their rotation. The Marlins also agreed to a four-year $50 million deal with um, Avisio Garcia, a veteran outfielder who had most recently been with the Brewers. The Marlins have been looking to add some reliable talent to their outfield, and that's exactly what they did. But of course, the biggest signing of all, though it's not reached the kind of the official reported status that many of the other deals I mentioned have, was late into the night, it seemed very close that Max Serger, while not officially done, it seems Max Serger could be on his way to the New York Mets. Of course, the Mets had a busy weekend. They already added three veteran bats and Eduardo Escobar, Mark Canna, as well as Starling Marte. And now, after those moves, including a four-year $78 million deal with Starling Marte, Adding Max Scherzer to a rotation that already includes Jacob DeGrom, who's hopefully, who, you know, hopefully, at least from a baseball fan's perspective, is healthy, but adding Max Scherzer to a, a rotation that already includes Jacob DeGrom, Tywan Walker, as well as Carlos Carrasco, would certainly make the Mets, at least on paper right now, the biggest threat to the Braves for a division title in 2022. The Mets certainly have significantly improved this offseason, and that's especially good for them with how you know bad of a start to the offseason they got when it came to the search for a new general manager. But a few things to remember about what the Mets have done is that we've seen this before. The Mets have made big moves before to try to contend with the Braves, and over the past four years, it's not resulted in any type of really legitimate threat. Though the Mets roster now certainly is one to contend with, not only against the Braves in the National League East, but in terms of the entire National League as well. But also with the additions that they've made, it should be mentioned that the additions that they made in Starling Marte and Max Scherzer as their major additions so far, these are two talents that the Braves are very familiar with. Starling Marte, with his time with the Marlins, though he did produce against the Braves, the Braves are very familiar with him when they face him on another team since they faced him many times over the past few years with him being in the NL East. And while Max Scherzer certainly is still at the level of performing among the best pitchers in Major League Baseball, he legitimately likely will be over the next few years a Cy Young candidate in the National League if he signs with the Mets. He also is a talent that the Braves are very much familiar with. The Braves have faced Max Scherzer uh, um, 21 times since he signed with the Washington Nationals before the 2015 season. Between his time with the Nationals and with the Dodgers in the regular season, the Braves have faced Max Serger 21 times. Serger is 13-8 and in those 21 starts against the Braves. However, that includes him going 6-1 and in his first seven starts against Atlanta between 2015, 2016, and the start of 2017. Over his past 15 starts against Atlanta from 2017 through 2021, Max Serger is 8-7 with a 4.01 ERA. My point of mentioning this is that the addition of Max Serger certainly would be a significant upgrade for the Mets. But in terms of that impact on the Braves, the Braves have had decent success against Max Serger and have seen him probably more than any other team in the majors 
over the past several years. So while the Mets certainly have improved, the talents that they have improved with, the Braves are very familiar with. And so it is, you know, in my opinion, while the Mets have improved, I still would not be too worried if I was a Braves fan about the Braves' chances to repeat once again as National League East winners in 2022. But of course, the other big thing that comes up for the Braves and the rest of baseball is the non-tender deadline. The deadline to tender contracts to certain talents before next season. Coming up, we'll talk about what talents the Braves will need to tender contracts to and a few names that could get interesting when it comes to decisions to make. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So Sunday was certainly full of plenty of action around Major League Baseball when it came to major signings and major names changing uniforms or deciding to stay for the long-term future with their current teams. And both today and tomorrow, before the CBA expires and the lockout begins on Wednesday, we could see even more action with some even bigger names over the next few days when it comes to free agency across Major League Baseball. But of course, another set of decisions on another set of players will also need to be made by Tuesday when it comes to the non-tender deadline for Major League Baseball during the 2021 offseason. This deadline occurs every year, and it was the deadline for this year was originally set for December 2nd, but that was changed to November 30th a few days ago so that teams that are not tendered new contracts by their current, so players that are not tendered new contracts by their current teams could still have a little bit of a window to sign with other teams before the lockout begins. Of course, it's important to note how this process works. By the deadline on Tuesday, for any pre-arbitration or arbitration-eligible player, teams are simply making it known they want to have the right to negotiate with that player their 2022 contract or beyond with that team. Teams are basically letting it be known which players they want to retain the rights to, and then the dollars and cents will be decided upon later, whether it be a one-year agreement, a multi-year agreement, or arbitration. So that's the important thing to remember about Tuesday. We're not going to find out the contract details for players such as Dansby Swanson and and, um, Adam Duvall, likely, by Tuesday. We're simply going to find out which arbitration-eligible and pre-arbitration-eligible players the Braves are going to want to retain the rights to negotiate with in order to keep them on the roster for 2022 and perhaps beyond. But the Braves have 13 arbitration-eligible players that they're going to have to decide upon when it comes to whether or not to tender them a contract. Here are the 13 arbitration-eligible players, and their projected arbitration amount according to MLB Trade Rumors and Matt Schwartz. Dansby Swanson is projected to make $10.1 million in arbitration. Adam Duvall, $9.1 million. Max Freed, $7.1 million. Austin Riley, 
4.3 million, Luke Jackson 3.8 million, Richard Rodriguez 3.1 million, Orlando Arcia 2.1 million, Guillermo Heredia 1.6 million, Mike Soroka 2.8 million, Johan Camargo 1.4 million, AJ Minter 2.1 million, Tyler Matzik 1.5 million, and Sean Newcomb 900,000. So there clearly are some big names, some major contributors to the Braves' 2021 World Series run whose futures will need to be decided upon by Tuesday. But let's split these names into names that you clearly know are going to be tendered a contract for next season and perhaps beyond in time, but also a few of the names who there likely is still, you know, potential that they may not be tendered a contract. I do feel out of the 13 names that I mentioned, you can be certain that Dansby Swanson, Max Reed, Austin Riley, Luke Jackson, um, AJ Minter, Tyler, and Tyler Matzik, those players, again, Dansby Swanson, Max Reed, Austin Riley, Luke Jackson, Johan, or excuse me, AJ Minter, and Tyler Matzik, those six players who each played a significant role in the Braves World Series run, those six players are, in my opinion, definitely going to get tendered a contract. I also think that Mike Soroka is going to be tendered a contract, even though his future still remains uncertain. I do think at a price that potentially will be under $3 million for next year, the Braves are perfectly fine keeping him around. So that's seven of the 13 players. Names that I did not include were Adam Duvall, Richard Rodriguez, Orlando Arcia, Guillermo Heredia, Johan Camargo, and Sean Newcomb. Those are six players who it's going to be interesting to see what decisions the Braves make about whether or not to keep those players around, you know, for the rights to negotiate with them in terms of a contract for 2022. The most interesting of those names, of course, is Adam Duvall, who is projected to make $9.1 million in arbitration for the 2022 season. It'll be very interesting because while Adam Duvall certainly had very, very attractive counting statistics, his overall production line was more along his career norms than it was an outstanding outlier type year. Of course, he also won his first gold glove. I do feel the Braves will tender him a contract, and I do feel a big reason why is to at least have his glove, the certainty that he provides in the outfield where the Braves just don't have a lot of that right now, and also the fact that his bat certainly can be a difference maker at times. I feel that there are more reasons than not to expect Adam Duvall to be tendered a contract. Besides that, you of course have Sean Newcomb, Johan Camargo, Guillermo Heredia, and Orlando Arcia. Now for those players, you're looking at players who either are bench pieces for the Braves in terms of being in terms of position players, or Sean Newcomb, who is more of a reserve, you know, stash in the minors type option when it comes to the bullpen than a regular bullpen contributor. So you could easily see those four players. Arcia, Heredia, Camargo, and Newcomb, you could easily see the Braves decide to move on from those four players and not tender them a contract. Besides Duvall, perhaps the most interesting name to see what will happen in terms of the Braves tendering him a contract or not is Richard Rodriguez, a player that the Braves traded 
Bryce Wilson for at the trade deadline and that they have multiple years of control over if they decide to tender him a contract this year. Richard Rodriguez had an outstanding start to the 2021 season. The issue was, was that he was left off the postseason rosters because he had a very low strikeout ratio and towards the end of the season, he certainly was running into struggles. Do the Braves go with his track record and are they okay potentially owing him somewhere around three or so million dollars for next year or do they look to non-tender him and not worry about having to pay him? Besides Adam Duvall, Richard Rodriguez may be the most interesting name to watch out for when it comes to a tender or non-tender decision for the Braves on Tuesday. So plenty of big decisions when it comes to the Braves and the non-tender candidates or in the tender non-tender candidates when it comes to the non-tender deadline on Tuesday. One thing we will remind you of is that the next Talking Chop podcast will actually take place on Tuesday evening, looking at all the moves that have happened across Major League Baseball, including any potential free agent or trade news that happens with the Braves, plus a reaction to the tender, non-tender decisions that the Braves make on Tuesday. So Brad Rowland and Scott Coleman will be with you once again on Tuesday night to discuss all the happenings that, that happen around baseball, including any that obviously involve the Braves. My name is Sean Coleman. It's a pleasure to be with you as always. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. The Daily Hammer is available for you today. The Road to Atlanta podcast will be available for you tomorrow. And of course, the Talking Chop podcast, looking at what has occurred so far with all the major signings that have already occurred and likely will occur over the next few days and looking forward to what exactly it's going to look like once the lockout starts. All of that on the Talking Chop podcast on Tuesday night into Wednesday. For myself, the Daily Hammer, the Talking Chop podcast, and the Road to Atlanta podcast, you can find all the great podcast content at TalkingChop.com and at Talking Chop across all forms of social media. Thank you so much for your support, obviously, during the World Series run and to the start of the offseason. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC. Until next time, we'll talk to you again soon here on the Daily Hammer. <laughs> <laughs>